0: Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're so glad you could join us today. Pastor CJ is continuing his series on Seekers from the Closet with a message called Can Do Power. Our power comes from God, but we can only apply that power when we know our God. However, we really get to know our God through the struggles and hardships in life. God is faithful and good, and our circumstances never change that. We hope you enjoy this message.
1: God, I'm going to speak to you about can do power. I want to speak to you about can do power today. And you know the word of God doesn't say can't, it says can. I love what it says in Philippians 4 13, where Paul says, I can do all things through Christ. And you have can do power. It's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit, says the Lord. And therefore God's spirit lives in you, and that enables you to have can do power. It's not anything that you can do, but it's what he can do through you. So you have can-do power. Even at times when you feel like you can't make it, remind yourself, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So before I get into the message, I just want to say this to you also. Uh, thank you for those that have been giving to the building fund. We are going forward with the building. and As many of you know now, it's not a public secret. I was able to be able to share this. Many of you know that we are wanting to purchase possibly a building to soar And so now it's out there in the community. And so uh, it's not a, a hidden secret anymore. So I want to encourage you, if you feel cont- to give towards the building fund. Uh, I would encourage you to do so. You can do so online, and you can see there's a place there to give towards the building fund. But we are going to start pursuing a building and going forward. So there's a lot of exciting things that are happening behind the scenes only because you're not with us that we can't share with you permanent information. So God bless you, and I pray that you will give towards our building fund. Thank you for every dime, every penny that comes in because that's helping us go forward in the vision here at Adventure Church. But as I said, can do power. I have kids, if you ever notice a kid, they have three phases of life. Uh, They have three phases. When a kid, when they're first born, they depend on you, they rely on you, they trust in you as parents, they depend on you to feed them, to guide them, to coddle them, to change their diapers, and all these things. And when they're little kids, they don't know anything different but to depend on you as parents. The only thing that really scares a newborn are sounds. In height, they're afraid. If you, if you ever notice when you've got a newborn in your arms, and, man, you move your arms quickly, they jolt and they cry or get alarmed or get scared. Or if they hear a loud sound, they begin to cry. But they have that nurturing effect of staying close to you because they know that in you there's safety. But then as your child grows up, they get into that middle age, about five, six years old, and all of a sudden they start feeling brave or confident. And so now when you would go for that stroll in the park and you would go for a walk, and maybe before when they were two, three, or four years old, they would stay by your side and they would hear that, hey, stay with me, and they would stay right beside you because they were not sure of what way to go and how to go. But when they get to that five or six age, they get a little more confident that they start running out in front of you. Have you ever noticed that? So then you have a choice. You have to say, hey, come back here. Don't get too far. But when they start running out in front of you, have you ever noticed? When they start running out in front of you, one of the things that they do, they feel confident to getting so far from you, but they always turn around to look for where you're at. So in other words, they never let you out of their sight. They feel confident enough to get out a little in front of you, but they don't feel confident enough to totally get out of your sight. But then, if you're anything like my granddaughter, Riley, she's 10 years old, and now she walks with confidence. She don't care if you're around her, if you're not around her. She just runs out in front of you, and she, man, doesn't turn around to look and see where you're at. She's just like a social butterfly. She's all over the place. But the progress of kids is when they first start, they rely and they depend on you. Then when they get a little older, they get a little more confidence, and they go out on their own. But then when they get like Riley, they just say, forget you, forgot you, the boogeyman shot you and they just run out of, the, out, of your, out of your sight because they feel stronger. But if you ever think about that, that's how we are in our walk with God. Can you remember the first day when you were first born in Christ, when you gave your life to the Lord, when you gave your life to the Lord and you cried out to God, man, you couldn't get enough of the word, and as they say, don't not, we're not babies anymore, we don't crave the milk of the word, but we were at that stage, we wanted to get to know him, and we wanted to know, understand what he was all about, then we moved to the next level, we felt a little more confident, we were equipped, we were prepared, we knew who he was, so we now started maybe journeying out out in our own faith and testing the waters and and maybe leading out in prayer now and and, and doing those type of things. So we got a little further out from God. We never left God. We always looked back to make sure he was there. But now as a seasoned Christian or a seasoned believer, now we walk with this can-do power. We went through the baby stage, the middle aged stage, and now we're a seasoned Christian. And we walk with this can-do power of confidence that no matter where I am, my God is with me because my God said he'll never leave me more forsake me. So we walk with this attitude that, man, I don't have to look over the shoulder and see if God's with me, but I know that God is with me all the time. And He's with us all the time. And I look at Romans chapter 8, and I love Romans chapter 8, where Paul is speaking there. And if you have Romans 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 chapter 8 in front of you, I want to encourage you to make this your devotional time a day. Make this maybe today or tomorrow, on Monday, whatever. I call Romans 8 the great eight. And the reason why I call it the great eight, it's a book of confidence. It's a book of assurance. It's a book that removes shame from your life that sets you free to go further in the things of God. You say, Pastor, what do you mean? Well, in Romans 8 verse 1, he says, there is no condemnation in those who love the Lord. In other words, God sets the table for you in Romans chapter 8 starting with verse 1 to assure you that yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery, but today is the present. And what he's saying, he says, listen, you don't have to live in yesterday's past or yesterday's experiences or yesterday's failures or most of all yesterday's sin because there is no condemnation. So what he's doing, he's removing the guilt and shame from your life so that you can progress and go forward in the things of God. And so you read Romans chapter 8, it gives you all these keys, all these steps about going forward. I remember when I was a kid, and maybe you remember this. When I was a kid, my sister had one of those eight balls, and it was a black eight ball just like you have on a pool table, and the object of that eight ball was you turn it upside down, and then this triangle, this white triangle will appear to the glass, and it would say goofy things like, I love you, or I miss you, or this, that, and the other thing, and it would always say these silly little things on the bottom of this eight ball. But that's what Romans 8 is all about. It has so many nuggets, so many things in there for you to chew on to give you the momentum or the excitement for your life. And so I want to encourage you, read Romans 8, the great 8 that God has laid out for you. But leading up from Romans 8, chapter one, uh, verse 1, where it says, Now there's no condemnation. He was speaking, Paul was speaking there, because Paul said he was the chief of sinners. So I want you to get this in your heart. Paul was the chief of sinners, and God came and set him free. After all, wasn't he one that was persecuting the Christians or the believers on Acts chapter 9, and he had an experience with God? So you can understand where Saul was, or Paul was. But now you get to Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 37. And Paul pins these words with confidence, because his yesterday is history. Today is the present, and tomorrow is a mystery. And Paul lived out each day in accordance to these verses. He lived with confidence, and he says this, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger of sword? And so Paul is saying, who shall separate us? He knew who his God was. His God before me, who can be against me? And he knew who his God was And so right now, maybe you're going through persecution. Maybe you're going through hardships. Maybe you're going through danger of sword into other areas of your life. Maybe your financial crisis and so on. I was just listening to the other day, and they were saying that the suicide rate is up more than ever before. My wife was calling the, the VA hospital hotline to try to get her information on her father to transfer his mail. And when she called it, the first thing she got when she called the VA hospital, Hospital. If you are trying or wanting to commit suicide, dial 911. In other words, the rate for suicide and other things were up so high. Why? Because of the pressures of life. But Paul is saying, listen, who can separate us? You as a believer, who can separate you or take you apart from God? But then he goes on this. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. Why does Paul say, for your sake? It's a reminder to you that Paul says, I went through it, and if I went through it, you can go through it, and you can make it in the end. And he says this, we were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, but look at verse 37. This is the key word, the can-do power for your life. He says, no, in all these things, we, that's you and me. That's you and me. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Not of our own strength, not of our own ability, but through Christ who loved us. So I want to encourage you. Your can-do power is not what you can do, but it's what he can do. Paul knew his God, and God knew him. Guess what? God knows you. But do you know him? You see, I love this. There are differences in knowing your God and really knowing your God. There's a difference in knowing your God and really knowing your God. And you say, well, pastor, what do you mean by that? Well, anybody can say they know God. The Bible says in Matthew 15, 8, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts far from me. We can honor God and say we love God, but do you know God? The Bible says in James 2:19, even demons believe there's a God, but do you really Know God. I love this. Paul got to know and understand God. Now you got to get this. Paul got to know God and understand God through. His struggles and hardships of life. You see, well, what do you mean, Pastor, that Paul got to know God through his hardships and struggles of life? Because Paul relied and trusted in God during these times of struggle. He trusted God. And the more he trusted God, he saw how God operated, how God cared, and how God loved him through the battles and struggles of his life. You see, it's in the battles and struggles of your life, as you as parents and husbands and wife, you know that we're not supposed to be enemies, but we're supposed to be lovers that agree together and reason together and work together and plan together and dream together. When you're working together in one accord, there's no limit to what you can do. So Paul, what he did, he got close to God. It was through the struggles that he got intimate with God. He realized how much God loved him that he didn't bail in the midst of his struggle. So I've put this down, and I want you to see the struggle test with God. Paul's struggle test with God. Number one, Paul knew he is faithful. Who is he? He knew that God was faithful. The first thing that you need to know when you're going through a struggle or a battle in your life, number one, write it down, that God is faithful. There is no if, ands, or buts, or in betweens. Your God is faithful. I love this. God never quits. God never quits in the middle of your battle. He never quits in the middle of your battle. And I love this. He always sees Him through. To the end. In other words, he's not going to quit when things get tough. He sees you through the end. He th- sees you through the to the end, to the finish line. He doesn't quit in midstream. And I love this. Your struggles are not to get you bitter. Your struggles are not to get you bitter, but better. And now watch this. And to show God's greatness to you. Bring them. To you. He said, bring them. And I love that. To to show God's greatness during them, excuse me. To show God's greatness during your struggles. And I want to encourage you. Man, that's where you see God really at work. If you never went through a a, a struggle, how could you see the mighty works of God? It's God that helps you through your struggles. So Paul knew that. I love what it says in Lamentations. Lamentations chapter 3. Where Solomon pins these words, and how great and how true these words are. Lamentations chapter 3. 19 through 25, some of my favorite verses of Scripture. When I was first in ministry, I relied on these verses because, man, I had to grow and becoming who I am. Remember, like the three phases, young as a baby, middle, trusting God, but yet walking a little forward, and then the third stage, being more confident, knowing who our God was. I had to go through those stages in my, also in my life. But these verses of Scripture helped me get through those stages. And here's what it says. I remember my afflictions, my wandering, and the bitterness of my gall. In other words, what Solomon is saying, I remember my afflictions. Past tense. In other words, he faced struggles and battles. I remember them. I don't know about you, but I can remember some of my battles that I thought I never was going to make it through. But praise God, I'm here today speaking to you. I made it. But he goes on to say, I well remember them. Notice what he says. He stresses it again in verse 19 and verse 20. I well remember them. Some of you have your struggles, your past, your hardships, your pains. You have a tombstone on your heart that you remember them so much. You haven't died to it yet. Every time it's mentioned, it rises up pain or rises up hurt. He says, I remember them. My soul is so downcast within me. Can you imagine that? That's how much he remembered them, the pain that he experienced. He said, but this, I love this. I, I pray you get this in your heart. Yet, this I call to mind. In other words, he brought it up. He brought it back to his attention. He got refocused. He was reminded of God's faithfulness. He was reminded of God's awesomeness. You see, sometimes you have to go down into the resources of your heart and say, wait a minute. Why am I downcast so in my soul? Why am I this way? Yet, let me remember, let me remember I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. You see, he brought God back to the surface, and whenever you bring God back to the surface and in the equation of your struggle or your battle in life, guess what it does? It brings you hope. But I love this when he goes in to the next verses. This is so cool. He says, because of the Lord's great love, the love for you, you are not consumed, for his compassion never fails. God said, I won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Because of his great love, he'll let you go so far as that third phase kid, thinking it's all great, I got it all together, I can run way out in front of you. But God never lets you out of his sight. And he said, because of his great love, I wasn't consumed or overtaken. I'm not overcome, but I'm an overcomer. And he goes on to say, they are new every morning. What's new every morning? His love and his compassion for you. But it don't end there. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Did you hear that? Great is God's faithfulness. In other words, faithfulness means he's steadfast. He's true. He's committed. He's all in for you. He's all in. He's cashed in all his chips For you. He is faithful to you. Then he goes on to say, I say to myself, The Lord is my portion. Therefore I will wait for him. They that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew your strength. You shall mount up as wings as eagles. You shall run and not grow weary. You shall walk and not faint, Isaiah says. But you have to wait. God, I wait on you. I don't have the answer, God, but I know you do. But then he goes on. I love this next verse. He said, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. And right now, maybe you're sitting on your couch and you're thinking, God, you're not so good right now. But you need to be like Solomon. Yet, I remember. I remember. I remember. Sometimes we have to go back in the resources of our mind and remember the good things that God has done. Yet, the Lord is good to those That's you and I again, who hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. Let me ask you, have you been running all over like a dog chasing your tail, looking for all the answers and all the solutions to your problems? But maybe you're running to the wrong place. Maybe it's about time you run to God and seek him out, because he has the answers and he has something good for you. In verse 19, what what did Solomon say? I remember my afflictions. What he's saying, yesterday's misery. Yesterday's misery is today's is your today's victory. How many of you know that? Yesterday's misery. Do you remember the pain you went through of yesterday? But you came out on top. Why? It wasn't all the things that you've done on your own. It was because maybe God gave you wisdom to walk you out of that situation. Maybe God gave you the strength to help you during that situation. Yesterday's misery is your today's victory. I love what it says. Struggles are like muscles. Struggles are like muscle builders. They stretch your faith and build your confidence in him. They stretch your faith. They're like muscle builders. If you're anything like a guy that lifts weights, what do they do? They stretch their muscles to do what? To make them grow. That's what struggles do. They stretch your faith. They stretch your reliance, your dependency, your hope on God. So muscles are like uh, 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 muscle builders. The struggles are like muscle builders. I love what it says. It said in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. One again, one of my favorite addresses. I love going to this address. It says this in Hebrews 10, verse 35. Do not throw away your confidence, your confidence, your hope, your peace, your strength. Don't throw it away. It will be richly rewarded. You need to preserve. In other words, hang in there, don't quit. Remember, you have can-do power, not through your own strength, but through the strength of God. I can do all things through Christ, Philippians 4.13, who gives me strength. You need to preserve so that when you have done the will of God, what is the will of God? Walking it out. Doing the best you can right now. And while you're walking out God's will, trusting Him, believing in Him, putting your dependency in Him, putting your hope in Him. That's God's will for your life. You, once again, He's talking to you. You will receive what He's promised to you. What has He promised? He's promised peace that passive all understanding. He promises hope in the midst of your despair. Those are promises that God has given you. Where is your confidence with God right now? Where is your confidence with God right now? Is it low? Is your confidence with God right now low? Are you ready to quit on God? Have you thrown in the towel? Are you ready to just say, forget it? But remember, He will richly re-bless you if you preserve. Or is it your confidence in the middle of the road? Are you in the middle of the road? You're kind of on the bubble right now. Man, I'm happy. I don't, man, nothing's really too bad. I'm just kind of like just cruising, no stress. I'm just kind of in the middle of the road. Or is on high peak with him? Are you boiling hot for God? Are you striving to be all what you can be for God? That's what he wants you to be for him. That's what God has for your life, to be with him. You need to get your your pep up. You need to get your pep back in your step. You need to get your pep back in your step by looking at yesterday's victories and striving toward today's breakthrough. Let me say that again. You need to get your pep in your step back by looking at yesterday's victories and striving towards today's breakthroughs that's what you need to do you need to get that spring in your step again i love again what it said in lamentations chapter 3 let me go back to that again verse 22 because of the lord's great love we are not consumed get that pep back in your step for his compassion never fails get that pep Back in your step. They are new every morning. Get that pep back in your step. Great is your faithfulness. Get that pep back in your step. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Get that pep back in your step. Therefore, I will wait on him. Get that pep back in your step. You get the theme? The Lord is good to those, you who hope in him, to the one who seeks him out. I want to encourage you, God's faithfulness is new every morning, not just sometimes, but all the time. God's faithfulness is new every morning, not just sometimes, but all the times. You see, sometimes we need to get our hope up. I love this, hoping does not cost anything. Hoping does not cost anything, but it could pay off generously. That I'm God, I'm going to start hoping again. I'm going to start hoping again. It going to cost me nothing, but it could pay out if I stay in there. The second thing about Paul's struggle or test with God is this. Paul knew that God never runs from his battle. How assuring that is that God never runs from his battle. In Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 through 6, I love again how the words are pinned there. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. In other words, learn the secret. The secret is I'm going to be content in everything I have. I don't need money to replace God. I need God to replace my money. That God, you're going to be first and foremost. He says, because God has said, never, 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 never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So he says two things. I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you in the midst of your struggles. Isn't that something? God will never leave you. In other words, he'll never abandon you. He'll never outcast you or or, or, or discard you. He'll never do that. And he will never forsake you of your needs. But then he goes on to say, so we say with confidence, once again, the Lord is my helper. Some of you need help right now. Let me remind you, the Lord is your helper. Many hands make light work. God is ready to join forces with you. When God took the leper outside the city and healed him, he joined hands with the leper. and He took the leper outside the city, and he was healed. God wants to join hands with you right now. God wants to join forces with you. You and God make the majority, and God's agreeing with you right now. He is your helper. The Lord is my helper. And therefore, because the, Paul knew, he said, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Because he knew who his God was. Listen, with God, with you all the time, with God with you all the time, you will never feel, never feel with God with you all the time. You will never feel left out. You got to get this. You will never feel left out left behind, or most of all, forgotten. You will never feel left out, left behind, or forgotten because our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. David penned these words in Psalms 23. He penned these words. Let me go back to that, Pastor. Let me go back. Let me read that again. Jesus, I almost missed this. This is a very crucial statement that I wanted to make to you. Jesus did not come to make life easy. He didn't come to make life easy. He came to make it possible. Let me say that to you again. He didn't come to make life easy. He came to make it possible. That's why he says all things become possible with God. Luke one thirty-seven, Luke 18.27, he came to make it possible. Now, in Psalms 23, here's David. I love what David says, and many of you can quote the Lord as my shepherd. But I'm going to start with verse 4. I'm going to start with verse 4 today. Many of you can quote this by memory, these verses of Scripture. But David says, the psalmist says here, Even though I walk through the darkest valleys. Are you in a valley right now? One of the things I've learned about farmers, farmers never plant on the mountaintops. They always plant in the valley. Get ready for your season. Get ready for your harvest in your valley, and that is God to pull you through. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. In the high peaks and even the darkest valleys, you are with me. He's with you right now. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. (laughs) What is a newborn baby? They're afraid of fear, uh, sounds, and height. God has you in His arms. You comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. What is barking in your ear right now? What is coming against you right now? Your enemy could be finances. Your enemy could be health. Your enemy could be family issues. Your enemy could be your marriage. Your enemy could be your kids. Your enemy could be your job. Your enemy could be in numerous things. But God is. With you. But I love what he goes on to say. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Uh, verse 6 is awesome. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You ever notice what he says in verse 4? That he is with you. He is with you. As I, I love this. There is nothing that scares God. There is nothing that scares God, moves God, or even phases God. So trust God. There's nothing that scares him, moves him, or phases him. Your God is bigger than your giants, your enemy, or your struggle that you're faced with right now. It may be overwhelming to you, but it's never overwhelming to to him. God is with you. But I love what it said in verse 5. He anoints my head with oil. And we all know that when you anoint somebody, it represents the Holy Spirit or the power of the, or the, of the presence of God. He anoints your presence with oil. You ever think about this? God anoints you with oil to make things easier for your life. Oil makes things flow better and smoother in your life. That's why God wants to anoint your head to make you flow better, make it smoother in your life, to help you take out any friction or, or pain or heat that you're going through. You know if a car doesn't have oil in it, it's going to blow up. It's going to get hot. But God said, I'm anointing your head to withstand the pressures that you're going through in life right now. Sometimes we need to go to God for a new oil job. You need to get an oil change with God. You need to get a refreshing with God. You're running on old oil. You've got too many miles on you right now. It's time to go get an oil change with God, get a refreshing with God, that God, here I am, anoint me again, use me again, pour upon me again, a fresh and a new oil that makes me run smoother, faster and better for you. We are called to walk through valleys. Notice what he said. David said, I walk through the valley. We are called to walk through valleys, not waddle in it. Get a new oil job. Do you get that? We are called to walk through valleys, not waddle in it. God wants you to get a new oil job. Let me just say that. A third point that Paul does, and I love this one, and this is for you because many of you may be unemployed, maybe you're not working, and you're wondering where provision is going to come from, Paul knew God would provide during the battle. Aren't aren't we in a battle right now? I just read about unemployment. 36 million people have just filed for unemployment. And maybe that's one of you. And maybe your provision right now or your cupboards are running low. But there's hope for you today that our God will supply Paul wrote these words in Philippians 419 when he was on the mission field and he was writing to the church about Philippi. And Philippi was the first church that gave towards his mission's need. He was making tents and he was doing all these other things to make money to be able to support the ministry. But this church came alongside him and that's where missions really started. And he says these words, and my God... Will meet all your needs, your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And I love what Habakkuk says. He says, The gold and the silver is the Lord's. And he owns a thousand cattle on a thousand hills. And if he owns all the thousand cattle on a thousand hills, he can butcher one of those for you. God will supply. He never said how he's going to do it, but he said he will do it. Always remember this his delay is not his denial. It's your faith test. Did you hear that? His delay is not his denial. He's not denying you. He's not giving up on you. He's testing your faith. Are you going to hold on? Are you going to stay in there till the end? I'm going to stretch you right now. Do you believe in what you need? It's not his denial. It's to test your faith. Are you going to believe? Do not focus on what you want. Do not focus on what you want. Rather, you just are taking for and, and that you do not focus on what you want. Excuse me. Do not focus on what you want. That you're taking for granted what you have. That you're taking for granted what you have. Let me just encourage you don't focus on what you want, but focus on what you have. God provides at the right time, right place. And the right situation in your battle. I always say that God is never too late or never too early. He's always on time. God provides at the right time, right place, in the right situation for your life. And I just want to encourage you to remember that. God can make your only, God can make your only and turn it into His plenty. Did you get that? God can take your only and turn it into his plenty. Look at the persistent widow. God gave her her freedom. Look at the widow with, who lost her sons, or lost her husband. They, man, a little bit of oil, a little bit of flour, and God took her only and gave her much, so much oil that, man, she was able to sell it to pay off her debts. God can take your only and make it plenty. Man, when I uh, was a kid, sometimes we need to check our inventory. We need to check our inventory. Uh, when I was going to high school, and I worked at Racine Steel Casting. It was a foundry. We made uh, castings. We made steel uh, train wheels and hitches and so on, a lot of different things. And every three months, we would take an inventory of our stock. And our inventory is this. You're checking to see how much supplies you have. Do we have how many train wheels, 100 train wheels, or how many hitches? And we would take an inventory to see what we had. In our spiritual life sometimes, we need to take an inventory of what you have in you. Sometimes we forget what we have. Have you ever been like that one, like me, I have so many gadgets, so many things that sometimes I have so much of this and so much of that that when I need it the most, I forget where I put it. And so when I go looking for it, I can't find it. So what did I always usually do is go buy a new one. Isn't that how we do things? Because we forget to take inventory of what we have. And you need to take inventory of what you have with Christ. So today... I want you to take out your inventory checklist. And that's what I call it your inventory checklist. And let me ask you a couple questions. Number one, we have His Word. Check. Don't we have His Word? Absolutely. You have His Word. Basic construction before leaving Earth. It lays out the blueprint for your life. We have His presence. Check. You can check that off on your inventory list. We have His strength in our weakness, He's made strong. Check. We have his promises. No matter prom- how many promises God makes, they're always what? Yes and amen. Second Corinthians uh, 1, 18 and 19 and 20. No matter how many promises, I love this one. We have God's people to support us. Check. I don't know about you, where two or three agreed, there it is, God is in the midst of us, where two or three come together, there God is, there's power in agreement, we have one another, we have one another, that we can pray with one another, that we can counsel one another, we can stand with one another, you know, a fight, is, ten against one is not a, a, a fair fight, but that's how it is with you and God's people, we have God's people, but I love this one, we have every spiritual blessing, Ephesians 1 verse 3 that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. And if you read that chapter later on in that chapter of Ephesians 1, not only do we have every spiritual blessing, but he says we have been adopted as his son and as his daughter. And that means we inherit everything that he has. And he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing to help you through life. Remember, God didn't say that, man, you have a bed of roses. But he's going to make it possible for you to go through this life. And so today, I want to encourage you. When you start taking inventory, you will find out you have more than you think you have. When you start taking inventory, it will give you that confidence of knowing that you're not going to go bankrupt, that God is with you. Take off the shelf what God has given you. Take it off the shelf what God has given you. Stop looking at what you do not have and look at what you do have. Jesus, I go back and I conclude. I conclude as my wife comes. I conclude with this verse to remind you that you have can-do power. Remember, in Romans 8, the great eight, I want to encourage you to make that your devotional time. Read Romans 8, great eight. There is no condemnation. And because there's no condemnation, once again, you can go to Romans 8, 37. No, in all these things... We are more than conquerors right. through him right. who loves us. Right. You have can do power. Amen.
0: Amen. I tell you. And we forget so often what he says there. And it is so true that in all these things, we are more than conquerors. But we have to start standing on that. We have to start standing on it knowing that there's nothing that can defeat you except for that which you allow to defeat you. So stand strong and know that God's got you. He's got you. He's carrying you. It might sometimes feel like, where are you, God? But he's right there, and he's giving you that power that you can do all things and anything in him.
1: So I want to encourage you today. Will you stand with us once again as we pray over you today? Thank you, church. Thank you, church, for listening today. We truly love you, and I pray that May 31st we can see all your smiley faces. But once again, we will keep you posted if we can or cannot meet together. We will keep you posted. If you feel comfortable or uncomfortable, That's choice is up to you. If you want to come with a mask, that's up to you. We will keep things safe. We'll have things sanitized when you come. It's going to be a great celebration. So keep your calendar marked for May 31st, As we join each other again in person, live and in color, we love you. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for every individual, every listener today. I pray in the name of Jesus that they will sense mine and Cheryl's love towards them, how much we appreciate them, how much we are so thankful for them. I pray, God, that they will know that our heart beats towards them and for them, that we love them that much. Thank you, Father, for keeping us all safe during this quarantine time. We look forward to the time that we are together. And, Lord, if May 31st is the day, then, Father, go before us and make the way happen. And, Lord, I pray for peace over all households that they, God, when they come out of quarantine, that they will feel normal and we can get back together and start being acclimated together. So, Father, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We thank you, Father, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you this Sunday morning. We love you.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider supporting us. You can make an easy and safe donation on our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com slash give. Thank you for your generous donation.